Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 10 called A Cry to My Creator. Job's saying, essentially, how could you? But remember, God is not the one. God has allowed it. Yes, he's permitted it for his purposes, but the enemy has set his targets on Job. God is a loving creator. But Job thinks, says Rowley, that God's kindness was part of his calculated cruelty. Some believe that uh, this should be interpreted that God's love was hidden in his heart so he could act cruelly toward Job. But I think the former is true, that Job thinks that God's kindness was part of his calculated cruelty. He feels betrayed. He says, 14, if I sin, that's uh, the word kata for sin there, then you would take note of me and would not acquit me of guilt. If I am wicked, woe to me. If I am righteous, I dare not lift up my head. I am sated with disgrace and conscious of my misery. Job might say something like this, I have no self-esteem left. If I had sinned, you would note it, of course, and I don't feel like you'd forgive me, end of 14. If I am wicked, woe to me, that's true, but if I'm righteous, and I think I am, implied, I, didn't, I don't even dare lift up my head because of what you've done to me. Should, should my head be lifted, 16, You would hunt me like a lion. Remember, Job's off in his conclusions, but this is how he feels. And again, you would show your power against me. You renew your witnesses against me and increase your anger toward me. Hardship after hardship is with me. Wave after wave. It's like you refresh your soldiers just to take another wave of fire against me. Wow. Job is at a rough place. He says, man, I I feel like I can't even get a breath. If you've ever been out surfing before and got caught, uh, this happens a lot of times to inexperienced surfers, but I used to surf a lot. And one time I was out there and my friend and I, our leashes got caught together. They got entwined together and the waves were getting pretty big. And it was like one wave came and we were trying to untangle and you're just getting your head above water. (gasps) And then here comes another wave and you're in the washing machine and the boards are flipping all around and your friend's leash is tangled up and it's got to be his fault. It can't be your fault that all of this happened and the boards can hit you on the top of the head. It's, It's a dangerous place to be. And Job's saying, that's how I feel. I feel like just when I get a breath, you send another wave And you have power and authority, so what am I to do? One hardship after another, one wave after another. Some of you are saying, that's my life. (laughs) That's the last six months. No, two years, no, 10 years. (laughs) One wave after another, one hardship after another. I barely get a breath. And it comes again. And another wave comes again. That's why Job says these words. Why then have you brought me out of the womb? (laughs) God, what are you doing? Why did you bring me out of the womb? And then he goes back to a a lament he made in chapter three. Would that I had died and no eye had seen me. Maybe it would have been better 
had I just been stillborn. Then none of this would be happening. Wouldn't have to deal with any of this stuff. We all know the story of It's a Wonderful Life. You know, when he has that house and he walks up the staircase and that little, the top of the staircase always falls over and then he gets in an argument with uh, the teacher. Was it Suzu's teacher, right? And he yells at her on the phone and, and then life, and then he, he just, be, he begins to decide that life, would, it would have been better had he never been born and he gets a glimpse at life had he never existed. And he realizes what? He had more impact on people than he thought. And some of you don't realize the impact that you've had on people. Because when you're in the midst of a trial, you get tunnel vision, right? And you feel like, maybe it would have been better had I just never been on this planet. Maybe it would have been better had I just been a stillborn. And that's a lie. The fourth and final question is, why did you bring me into this world? And maybe some of you are asking it. Did you create me? Show me your love only to pull the rug out from under me? Is this the story of my life? I should have been as though I had not been. Verse 19, carried from womb to tomb. Some years back, I did a memorial service for a six-month-old baby girl. It was a heart-wrenching service. I was called uh, to be there, and I met with a young couple, and the casket was just this little tiny casket, and I didn't know what, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to comfort these people, but the, some of the family had shared that they, this young couple had grown up with uh, you know, a faithful Christian household and they had walked away and, and so I was able to go into this room and pray with this young couple and they were ready right then and there to give their lives back to Christ. But we still had to face putting a little casket into, a gra- into the ground and trying to make sense of tragedy. And it was hard. Some of you may remember this. This is about the time that I had told you the story that my mom had lost uh, twins. Um, one of them had my name. His name was Michael William Lance, and he, he died. He was born premature, and he died, and my mom lost two children. And So my sister is older than me. She was born, and then I was born uh, a year and a half later. And I had my mom on the phone one day, and I said, Mom, if Michael William Lance would have lived, the Michael William Lance that isn't me, that died, would you have had, it, had me? And my mom hesitated on the phone. <laughs> there was silence for a while. You're like, Mom, are you there? <laughs> That's when you try to fake like static as, <laughs> what, what? Right. So, so my mom says, Michael, I'm not sure we would have had you. This is my mom talking. But God had a plan. Well, so that phone call happened, and I was thinking about just the implications of that and so many ways to look at that. And when I went to that graveyard and that six-month-old baby girl was being put in the ground, I shared that story because it was really fresh on my heart. 
And the Lord used a tragedy from my family's past to minister to another family. This is a little bit of what I've been trying to tell you about the book of Job, a little bit about redemptive suffering. And I'll say, every time I say it, I don't understand all the angles of it, but Job says, I, I wish I was just carried from the womb to the tomb. But does, does he? Does he and do you? Sometimes we feel that way. Like it would have been better if I was just born into the world and I went right into the graveyard and still, until you start thinking about all the things that God's done in your life. Just pause for a minute. I know some of you are in a season of hard times, but just pause. How many good times has God given you? How many gifts has he bestowed in your life? How many miracles have you seen? How many sunsets have you watched? How many good times have you had? Now, I'm not downplaying the hard times because the moment I say it, then I'm going to end up in a trial and whining about my hard times. <laughs> but I think you know what I'm saying. I don't think that that's what Job really wants, but that's how he feels. And last week I told you that we can't discount people's feelings. We have to listen to them, even if they don't make sense to us, because we're not walking in their shoes and their feelings are their feelings. And so he concludes, and it's not on a happy note. He says, would he not let a few days, let few days alone? Would he not let few days alone withdraw from me that I may have a little bit of cheer? <laughs> Maybe if you just lift your hand a little bit, God, and again, it's not God really that's doing it to him. Maybe I could find some new courage and a smile again. Before I go, I shall not return, 21, to the land of darkness and deep shadow. Here he's talking about Sheol or the grave, the land of no return, the abode of the dead. He says, the land of utter gloom. He stacks words on top of each other to describe this place. The land of utter gloom as darkness itself, of deep shadow, without order. That's how his life feels, chaotic, and which shines as the darkness. One writer says, Job piles up anti-creation themes. His world has been disordered, and he thinks it's by God. He feels himself heading to a land without any order. Darkness. The dread state of Sheol is vividly pictured as he stacks words, darkness, deep shadow, gloom, chaos. I want you to turn to Psalm chapter three and we'll finish. But the God of peace is going to bring shalom to Job's chaos. But Bible students, we're a quarter of the way there. <laughs> You know how I calculated that? There's 42 chapters in the book and we're in chapter 10, so we're about a quarter of the way there. And he's gonna wrestle more. And can I encourage you? Don't stop studying this book because in the wrestling, we're gonna learn about the power of the gospel. We're gonna learn about the God of Shalom, Psalm chapter three. David has been pursued by Absalom, his son. He's been betrayed by his own flesh and blood. Absalom wants the throne of Israel. He seemingly will stop at nothing. Eventually, Absalom will die and David will mourn him. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Don't stop studying this book. Because in the wrestling, we're going to learn about the power of the gospel. We're going to learn about the God of Shalom, Psalm chapter 3. David has been pursued by Absalom, his son. He's been betrayed by his own flesh and blood. Absalom wants the throne of Israel. He seemingly will stop at nothing. Eventually, Absalom will die and David will mourn him. And as Absalom pursues David, David pens a psalm, Psalm chapter three. You can see by the heading, it's a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. And he writes, O Lord, how many adversaries, Psalm three, verse one, have increased? Many are rising up against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no deliverance from him in God, for him in God. Selah, pause. That's a pause in the song or a, a chance to meditate, think on the truth. Many are saying of my soul, there's no deliverance for him in God. He's done. He's toast. Let's get ready for a new leader in Israel, perhaps Absalom. But you, O oh Lord, you're a shield about me. You're my glory, the one who lifts my head. Now remember, Job had said, I can't even lift my head right now. The downward head is a sign of mourning and disgrace. Maybe David would say something like this, Lord, I can't lift my head right now, so you're gonna have to do it for me. You, O Lord, you're a shield. I was crying to the Lord. I turned into the Lord, as we see David do, So many times, even in his brokenness and sin, I was crying to the Lord with my voice and he answered me from his holy mountain. Selah, just stop, pause, meditate, think about it. I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustains me. I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people and indeed many were against David who have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, For you have smitten all my enemies on the cheek. 
You have shattered the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be upon your people, Selah. Pause, ponder. Would you look at verse three one more time? You, O Lord, are a shield about me. You're my glory. You're the one that lifts my head. Sometimes I do this to Shane at six o'clock. I'll say, Shane, I thought of a great song for the worship service. And he's like, Dad, it's six o'clock. It's not something from the 80s or 90s, is it? (laughs) I have to respond, yes, I'm old. Of course it's gonna be something. No, one of them was actually a modern song, but the song I was thinking about was an old Maranatha song, and it's, you, O Lord, are a shield about me. You're my glory. (laughs) I can't sing it. You're the lifter of my head. And then they sing, Hallelujah. 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 You're the lifter of my head. Sometimes when I feel like I got nothing to give, that's where I turn. The God who lifts my head. Father, we thank you. The book of Job (laughs) could not be described as a fun study. (laughs) Oh, Lord, but it's so rich. It's so good to see a man who wrestles with God but doesn't turn away from God. And Job's wrestlings are over. Job is in glory. This story has been written, it's done. Job has seen the arrival of the greater Job, Jesus. He's seen the payment for his sin on the cross. He's seen an empty tomb. And the one who sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for his people. Job is one of the many witnesses as we see them, some of them listed in Hebrews 11 who by faith were able to do this and that, and Job by faith was able to continue on even in the midst of inexplicable, difficult suffering because he was able to look to God and he would find his answers in the face of Jesus as we will as well. Thank you, Lord, for those of us who are believers because that's already happened. We we know the biggest questions are answered in Jesus, but we still have our questions. We have our struggles. We have the things we wrestle with. There may be here some tonight, uh, some that are here tonight, that the problem of evil has just been such a difficult thing in our crazy world. We're week in and week out, another news report of something terrible that's happened. Lots of concerns about the world, where things are, decisions that are being made, unstable powers, So many things that could make us afraid. But you, O Lord, you're a shield about us. You're our glory. You're the lifter of our heads. And when we say hallelujah, we are saying praise the Lord. You're the lifter of our heads. If your head's been down in difficulty and struggle, I pray the Lord would lift it up tonight. Your eyes would refix on Jesus, on things above, where Jesus is seated, 
the author and perfecter of your faith, who himself was perfected through sufferings. He understands. He can sympathize. If you're here tonight and you've not met Jesus and the problem of evil, well, you're maybe even philosophically you've started to look at it or experientially or both, and you're wondering where it will lead you. I'll tell you this. With human wisdom, it will lead you to more questions. With God's wisdom, it will lead you to Jesus and a bloodstained cross and an empty tomb. If you've not met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you right now confess him, trust in him, something like this. Jesus, I believe you came to rescue me, to deliver me. I believe you died on the cross for me. Pray it if if you're not a Christian and you want to be. I believe you died on that cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead and I put my trust and faith in you as my Lord, my Savior, my God, and my King. I turn from my sin and I turn to you. Make me your child. Let me be born again from above. In Jesus' name. Father, for those who have opened their hearts, may we rededicated their lives. May you bless them. May you grant them just a fresh touch from your Holy Spirit. May you grant them true peace, even in the midst of a storm. And bless your people tonight. May your beautiful face shine upon them. May you grant them all that they need, all that concerns them today. May you give them the strength, the provision, the peace that passes understanding as we lay all of our concerns before you and pray that you would just use us in this generation to speak of the hope that we have with gentleness and respect. In Christ's name and all God's people said. You've been listening to A Cry to My Creator, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job Chapter 10. Hey, don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth on this station and on your podcast app. If you'd like to watch this message by Pastor Michael in its entirety, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Living Truth Christian Fellowship. You can find the channel and learn more about Walk in Truth on our website, walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, one of the best things that you can do is cry to your Creator, because you know what? We cry out, Abba, Father. If you're a believer, God is your Father. There's no better person to cry to. Look, I know it's good to have someone with skin on, as the little boy said. (laughs) You know, he's afraid of the storm and it was raging and mama or daddy comes in and says, just pray to Jesus. And he says, right now I need someone with skin on. (laughs) I get it. But you know what? The Lord took on flesh in the person of Jesus Christ and he ever lives to intercede for us. And when you cry to God, you're crying to your great high priest who became human And theologically, we'd argue is still human. He's still the resurrected God-man. And he understands and he empathizes. And when you go to him in prayer, he understands. And you know, we understand too. Hey, we're going through the book of Job, right? (laughs) We can all say, hey, I've been there or I will be there. But you know what? It's so cool to see that we can walk through it together. And Jesus Christ, the greater Job, entered into our pain. Hey, If you're listening right now and you've not met Jesus Christ, you don't know him, but you'd like to know him. Maybe you've been living the book of Job lately, and maybe you started listening to Christian radio because 
You were desperate. That's okay. Because you know what? The Lord knew where you would be and what you would need. And that's why that's why he came on a rescue mission. That's why Jesus Christ lived the perfect life for you, died on the cross for you and me, rose to defeat our mortal enemy death, lives to intercede for us. This is the glory of the gospel. This is why we do have a problem of evil, and it's a problem, but the power of the gospel vanquishes it all. And that's the hope that we have as a Christian. You might cry out right now, Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I'm going to trust you as my Lord and my Savior, my God and my King. I repent of my sin and I turn my life over to you. Save me, renew me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you made that decision, we'd love to know. You can send us a note. Hey, I received Christ as a result of the radio program when you go to walkintruth.com, walkintruth.com, or if you need a little follow-up, call the number 844-48-TRUTH, 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to rejoice with you, pray with you, make sure you have a Bible and everything you need. God bless you, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we tackle a message called, If a Man Dies, Will He Live Again? In the book of Job, see you right here tomorrow. Remember, we've skipped over some of Pastor Michael's teachings in the book of Job, but you can listen or watch those teachings when you download our free Living Truth app. It's the one with the red logo with the pillars. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapters 12 through 14 called, If a Man Dies, Will He Live Again? I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.